1: Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoke and audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. at and Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools.
2: and go to the window, open it and stick your head out and yell.
3: Welcome into At the Window on the SportsGrade TV Network. I am Sean Yeah, You can find me on Twitter at underscore Sean G. As always, Drew Morton joins me here on the show. You can find him on Twitter at Drew Morton Bets. He's in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Drew once again, the under comes in for a Monday night football game last night. It was 47 and a half, 48, 48 and a half, 49 and a half before kickoff. It was all the way up. The under comes in. 34-7 Saints destroy the Colts. was never a game. The only, I guess, interest in this game, other than the betting aspect, was Drew Brees breaking all kinds of records.
4: What's going on?
3: Happy Tuesday to you, Drew Martin. What's up?
4: Sean, I'm doing good, man. Yeah, it wasn't too much of a uh, of a fun game to watch if you're just a fan watching the sport. But if you had a bet on the under, it made it a little interesting there in the second half, Uh, sweated it out and got the win on the under for the best bet. So hopefully people tailed out there. Um, Overall, cool to see uh, Drew Brees, you know, break the break the the touchdown passing record there from Peyton Manning. But um. Overall, man, you, you know, another NFL primetime game, not really living up to the hype. Every now and again, yeah. we've gotten them, but uh, more so than not, not really coming through. But yeah. uh, hopefully you enjoyed your Monday night, man.
3: I did, I did. I bet the first half under as well as the under for the whole game. So it was 24 and a half when I got it, Um, the first half total. So that was under, and, you know, there was a uh, time there with uh, closing seconds of the first half. Drew Brees was running down the clock. People were upset with Drew Brees running down the clock, but he was playing for a touchdown. It looked like he got the touchdown to break Peyton Manning's all-time touchdown record, but it was passing the fear, and so some people on Twitter, and I know Joe Ranieri was upset with that call by the refs there, cost him some money because he had a different total, but I was safe either way. It didn't bother me. One thing I want to talk about, though, Drew. Drew Brees, a lot of people on Twitter now, he holds the all-time touchdown record, 541 now all-time passing yardage record in the NFL, and also completion percentage record in the NFL. All-time completions as well. So he has all these records. Where does he rank all-time? You never hear about Drew Brees being the GOAT. That's Tom Brady. We also heard about Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, right? Who's number one, who's number two? Drew Brees is never in that discussion. He's an all-time great, but he's never considered for number one, number two of all time. Why is that Drew Martin, and should he be considered as the greatest quarterback of all time, the GOAT?
4: It's an interesting question here, Sean. It's, a, it's an interesting topic overall, man, because I, I never really thought of him as, as one of the top quarterbacks either, and maybe I need to kind of rethink how I'm thinking it as well, because you can't deny the fact, you know, the completion percentage one is the one where I really start to look and be like, man, how good is he? Because you can just play long enough and get the most touchdowns. You know, we saw kind of Brett Favre do that. And then the argument against him was, well, he has the most interceptions as well. And now with uh, Drew Brees, really what he's been able to accomplish there in new Orleans without really a top, top level wide receiver. He's had some good ones. He's had some good tight ends as well, Sean. You know, I don't think you can put him ahead of of Tom Brady. And then in my my book, number two would be Peyton Manning. And then after that, I think you can bring him into the discussion. I really do. I'm not saying he is number three, but I'm not going to sit here in in rattle people's cages that put him at number three. I think that uh, he has a legitimate argue, argument to be number three. Where would you put him?
3: As far as contemporaries like with Peyton and with Tom? Yeah, he's firmly number three. But as far as all time, I'm going to put Joe Montana ahead of Drew Brees that right off the bat. Now, apologies to Otto Graham. I didn't see him play. He he, uh, he won championships in the AA, AAFA. Uh, that was a competitor of the National Football League with the Cleveland Browns. Then the Cleveland Browns joined the NFL won two championships there. He played in ten championship games in ten seasons. Otto Graham as a quarterback, and he had some passing records as well. I mean, he was the he was the fifties version of Drew Brees, setting all kinds of passing records. But apologies, I didn't see him play, so I'm not going to put Otto Graham into this discussion. Johnny United is another guy. Pre Super Bowl era for the majority of his of his career was from fifty six to seventy two, so the majority of his career was before the Super Bowl. Era, so I mean, apologies to Johnny Unitas too. I mean, he's going to be in these lists when you, you when you rank quarterbacks of all time. But in the Super Bowl era, Drew, he's Drew Brees is behind Joe Montana, he's behind Tom Brady, and Peyton Peyton's a discussion though. Peyton Manning and Drew Brees is a discussion because Drew Brees beat him in the Super Bowl, right? So he's one and zero in the Super Bowl against Peyton. So he has that on on, on his ledger. Um, Peyton Manning, as far as his playoff career records, fourteen and thirteen. Drew Brees is eight and seven, I believe, career. So similar there as well. Passing records. I mean, Drew Brees. If if you look at, he's passed for the, the single season t- TD record. So he's led the league in TD passes four times in his NFL career. He's led the league in passing yardage seven times in his NFL career. Like if you want to talk about black on the on the back of a baseball card, we always talk about that as being. The, the uh, one of the things to look at as far as Hall of Fame is concerned, when you look at the back of the football card for Drew Brees, there's a lot of black. He's led the league in a lot of categories numerous times. So he doesn't get the respect. It's because he plays in a dome. He plays in New Orleans. The team hasn't had the success. Only one Super Bowl appearance, right? When, when you talk about the Peyton Manning's had uh, more than that. Four, I believe, for Peyton Manning, right? Two and two in the Super Bowl. So that, that plays into it. Um, so I'd put him below Peyton. I think Peyton's the greatest regular season quarterback of all time, but he's below Tom Brady, below Joe Montana as far as all-time greats Peyton Manning.
4: Ooh, there's some uh, Peyton Manning fans out there probably not liking what you're saying there, now, Sean. Joe Montana
3: 4 and 0 in Super Bowls. How, how could you argue against that? I mean, he was uh, in his look, the 49ers were the team of the decade in the 80s though. Uh, so I granted he had the better team around him. Jerry Rice the greatest receiver of all time. A lot of Hall of Famers off, uh, off of those teams, whereas Peyton Manning, um, he didn't have the dominant teams year in, year out as far as y- you comparing them to to New England. New England was a far superior team, winning more Super Bowls. Um, so I, you have that argument. Peyton Manning made a lot of players around him better. I, I mean, look at the receivers he threw to during a uh, majority of his career. He made them better. Stokely comes to mind, too. You know, you had a 1,000-yard receiving career. So Drew Brees is below Peyton Manning, but Drew doesn't get the respect, I think, is he plays in a dome, right? Whereas Peyton at least played in Denver. So he had that to, I guess, uh, show, tell the critics to, hey, I could do it outside. But more on this Drew Brees stuff. we got, we got to continue this debate when we come back here and at the window on the Sports Grid TV Network. this is at the window on the Sports Grid TV network, Little TV, Zumo TV, Stir, wherever you watch us. Thank you for tuning in. Also, catch us on Instagram at Sports Grid TV. Follow us, like our videos, our posts on Instagram. It's at Sports Grid. TV. I'm Sean Guasamaki in Midtown Manhattan, Studio 34. Drew Morton with me as well. He's in Las Vegas, Nevada. Drew, before we get back into the Drew Bree, Drew Brees debate, I want to get your take on Drew Brees uh, and uh, get your counter to what I said or reaction to what I said before the break. Um, Versa, the restaurant to my left here, and uh, as we, as I look out um, to the bar area, they have another holiday party.
5: So, uh, oh, nice. yes. Yeah.
3: This one isn't as loud and, and, and as the one on Friday, which was like over eight hundred people, and we had people coming into the studio drunk and what have you. Uh, we don't have that issue today, but it's another party uh, out there at the, at the restaurant. So, I mean, if anything happens, I'm definitely putting putting them on camera this time, Drew. All right, I'm not going to oh, miss yeah. this chance.
4: <laughs> oh, absolutely, man. You get uh, you get maybe two or three girls with uh, some margaritas in their hands. Get them on camera. Let's yeah. get their picks. Let's see what's going yeah, right, on there exactly. in New York City. <laughs> I like where your head's at. We'll see go.
3: where they're going. All right, Drew. All right, your thoughts on, on Drew Brees. And and I want to mention this before I throw it back to you, though. Yahoo Finance, uh, they had a list of the highest grossing actors of all time. Samuel L. Jackson is the highest grossing actor of all time. The movies that he's played in. Over $5 billion they have made. Now, he's been a supporting actor in a lot of those films, and he's made a lot of films, but does that make him the greatest actor of all time? Of course not. Um, on the list is Stanley Tucci. Um, he, he's the eighth highest grossing actor of all time. Now, of course, he's not in the list, on a list of the greatest actors of all time. So that has a lot to do with Drew Brees and numbers. Being number one in a category does not make you the best of all time at your position in your sport. Just throwing that out there for people listening. Um, Drew, Drew Brees, where do you rank him?
4: Yeah, and Sean, that's a great point, man, Um, in terms of just being, you know – Total number of passing yards, putting that in a box and just ranking them, I don't think that's a good way to go at it. I the, the stats that you were throwing out with Drew Brees that really made me look at how good this guy really is, is him leading the years that he did, being number one in the NFL in those categories, because it's the same time, you know, to compare – um even tom brady but more so like like patrick mahomes yep. and joe montana from years ago i really don't think you can go on, off of stats just because yep. it's a different type of game man and in, in, in to, to the compare compare it's really not fair to the guys before because now favors way more the 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 quarterback but ranking them overall you know, thinking about it just over the break, man, I think you really can make the argument he's number three. I mean, and and I, I want to throw this out there as well. I don't really compare him to the guys like from Joe Montana and before just because I never really saw those guys plays. Like the the, the tail end of Joe Montana, I do kind of remember him, but I'm not going to sit here and and, and and try to compare those type of guys to to the guys that I've seen play, seen play live. I would go Tom Brady one Peyton Manning number two. And then I think I would put Drew Brees number three, man. He's been able to have the longevity. He's um a good guy on, on the field, off the field. You know, you hear the other players around him talk about him and wanting to play harder for him. I think um, you know, he has kind of been hurt being there in New Orleans. Not really a big market at all, playing in the dome as well. I don't think that helps him either, just because I don't know. I'm not really sure what it does. I've watched games in in domes before, and it it isn't the same atmosphere as when it's an open field stadium. So I think that actually does have something to do with it, and people don't realize. So overall, I would put him as a distant third, Sean, um, behind Peyton Manning. Yeah, yeah.
3: Behind Peyton and and Brady, right?
4: Mm -hmm. Now,
3: the argument against Brady, uh, people are going to bring up the cheating scandals that plague the New England Patriots, right? Spygate and, and, and Deflategate. So you have that out there for the Tom Brady haters. And Sean, whenever they criticize the Patriots, though, they would come back the next year and, and they would do much better. So I'm not in that camp. I, I firmly put Tom Brady number one. Six championships matters to me, go ahead, Drew.
4: Yeah, yeah, and and I, Spygate. Yes, I'll give you that, Sean. But the the people that go after Deflate Gate, Sean, I want to. You know, he got actually penalized for that. And I I I, I don't want to say guarantee, but I bet you. A lot of quarterbacks were doing this. When I played quarterback, and I, I didn't even know that that was a rule, man. There is a lot of quarterbacks out there putting less pressure in the ball just because it's easier to throw a spiral. So I, I don't put too much against them on that deflategate one.
3: All right, but it's out there for his critics to to weigh in. And, and then the whole thing with Peyton Manning that people don't want to bring up. I mean, his wife was popped for PEDs. All right, I mean, eh, you want to draw the conclusion there a little bit? You think his wife's? Um, taking PEDs in our in mid-30s, and Peyton's not? <laughs> I, I'm just I would saying, hope not. Yeah, well, you know what I'm saying? Like they, you, the people didn't follow that because it came from Al Jazeera. Do you remember the report came from Al Jazeera? Because no network wanted to touch it because it's Peyton Manning, right? And if you don't believe yeah. that they're making excuses for Peyton Manning, how about the incident at Tennessee when he put his pants and he teabagged uh, 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 the trainer, right? So uh, there's – and he got away with that. The media did not take him to task for that. Uh, so they, they protect Peyton Manning to a degree, all right? So you, you could bring up uh, Peyton Manning, what, what happened in his career, if you're going to bring up stuff with Tom Brady. All right, the other thing, too, I want to point out. If you're going to go by um, – you know, if you're going to put Breeze third, then you should put Marino up there as well. I mean, I, is Dan Marino – is he in the same category as Joe Montana with, as far as you are concerned? You didn't see him play enough for you to rate – Uh, Dan Marino, because Dan Marino had all of the individual records when he retired at the end of his career, much like Drew Brees. Now, Drew Brees does have that one Super Bowl championship, whereas Marino just has that one appearance uh, his second year in the league when he lost uh, in the Super Bowl. That's it. That's all he has. So then if uh, one championship does that outweigh no championships uh, that much where you would put Brees ahead of Marino as far as all-time greats.
4: Um yeah, from a dolphins fan, yes, oh, Breeze really? is, You're is a Dolphins
3: is fan. You gotta put Marino ahead of Breeze. Come on. No,
4: no, I don't. I, He's I much I've better quarterback Marino in play. his
3: era. He's more dominant. Nah,
4: I don't I don't know about that. He had a better arm, I'll give you that. I, but I he mean, he led the league in touchdown
3: the- passes, a passing yard kinda similar to Drew Brees, to be honest.
4: I don't know, man. I wouldn't put him ahead of him. I, I think you know. I remember the days of of yeah. Marina going, Marino going out, and the backup coming in, and, and the and the team going on like three and four game winning streaks. Man, I, I oh, don't know. Teddy I,
3: Bridgewater I, was what five and zero oh this year, Drew. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> actually, good. actually, they
4: are pretty similar. You're right. Uh, yeah. you, I, I kind of stay corrected on that argument. Kind um, went
3: right into that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I look. We could argue about this, or or debate, or discuss the all-time great quarterback list. I mean, it, it, that's what makes it so much fun because everyone has an opinion and people make, you know, great cases for their their lists. So, um, But I feel, really feel bad for Otto Graham. Ten years, ten championship games. That's crazy to me. Uh, no one's ever going to do that. I mean, Brady, though. I mean, if, if you look at Brady's career, it's kind of close. <laughs> with the amount of – it's nowhere near ten and ten, but – what fifty percent of the year, the the uh, what he played eighteen years, he's been in like nine Super Bowls, is that right? Yeah, six and three, he's been in nine Super Bowls.
4: Wow, I didn't realize it was that many. But um, yeah, overall, I mean, the, this argument, I think I, I would put Drew Brees number three, put Dan Marino behind him. So uh, I think it is kind of uh, tough to, to 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 rate the quarterbacks in nowadays to to you know twenty years ago. Yeah. But overall, Come man, I, I think Drew Brees, we really got to tip our cap to what he was yes. able to do. And uh, it was surprising, man. He's kind of gone under the radar. You know, you bring up Tom Brady, obviously Giselle. You know, he's a he's a A-list celebrity. Peyton Manning. Like you said, the media kind of helping him out. I forgot about all that stuff that you brought up. But overall, you know, kind of a, a America's man, so to speak. You know, the southern guy from the football yeah, family. Yeah. He's going to get a lot of that kind of hype. And then Drew Brees, for whatever reason, I know he's been on like Ellen DeGeneres' show and stuff. And and he's got the family thing that he brings yep. him on the football field. And we all remember, you know, the the Super Bowl with his kid. that's a, It's kind of a nice story, but for whatever reason, I wouldn't put him as like an A-list celebrity like I would, you know, Peyton Manning and uh, Tom Brady. So it's just kind of a drop-off there, and i put him at number three.
3: All right, all right. There's Drew's take on uh, Drew Brees and his passing, uh, Peyton Manning, for the all-time touchdown passes in the NFL career right now. I mean, uh, Tom Brady's three behind. Who knows? Maybe Brady passes Brees next season, although I kind of think Brees is going to hold it from here on out, Drew, because Tom's not the same. I think the father time is finally catching up to Tom Brady. So stay tuned on that. But congratulations to Drew Brees, fabulous, fabulous Hall of Fame career. All right, let's turn our attention to the NBA. Hakeem Prophet joins us next here on at the window on the Sports Grid TV Network. Can't wait for that. Breaking down the NBA next. Stay tuned. Welcome back to At the Window on the Sports Grid TV Network. Beautiful studio setup here. Chris Bavona decorating the studio. He's even decorated it even more since yesterday's show. As uh, we're here in Studio 34. I am Sean Guasamakia, Drew Morton in Las Vegas, Nevada. Drew, look at this lovely studio. We have a tree now. Uh, I know yesterday we talked about it, but it's even more festive in here today, Drew.
4: Man, you should give that uh, that tree some fertilizer. It's growing. It's it's almost <laughs> to the top of your head now.
3: <laughs> no, no, we still have the Charlie Brown tree. Uh, you know, with the Bruce Willis ornament, as we talked about yesterday, Drew. But uh, I want to welcome in a, a friend of Drew Martin's and a friend of the show. Hakeem Prophet on wagertalk.com. You can find him breaking down handicapping the NBA as well as other sports. Hakeem, uh, your thought on Die Hard. Is it a Christmas movie or not? We were debating it, Drew and I, yesterday, or discussing it. Not debating, discussing. Is it a Christmas movie, Die Hard 1?
5: Uh, well, you're going to be disappointed. I'm the kind of guy who does not watch a lot of movies. I spend the majority <laughs> of my time watching sports and cartoons.
3: Okay, all right. Well, I, I drew, and I drew. What, what was our final verdict from that yesterday? What, what did we uh, settle on? Is it a Christmas movie or not?
4: You know, Sean, I kind of got to jump on that same grenade as Ski. I have seen Die Hard, but it's yeah, been a long, long time. Like I don't even remember Christmas parts about it. So see, we so it's up not like, a
3: Christmas movie then, right? No, I, no,
4: I, I don't think, think so.
3: It's not. Well, Danny Otto, who produces the show, he feels, and Patrick, the video producer, they feel it's a Christmas movie because I guess the the hijacking took place at a uh, you know a building that happened to be celebrating uh, christmas day or christmas eve or what have you so i guess it's a christmas movie that makes it a christmas movie it's an, well, whatever we could debate that goal. you're true we could debate it uh, from here to to kingdom come all right Akeem, <laughs> let's talk some nba real quick uh, we could get into that rabbit hole all we want uh i want to go back to last night the Mavericks, without luka doncic defeat the Bucks and end their 18-game winning streak. How'd they do it without Luka?
5: And I'll be completely honest. Uh, it wasn't a game that I was I was watching entirely, but I know Seth Curry had a good game. Uh, he definitely was a big part. Uh, Mavericks are a good team. It's not, people think it's just Luka and Porzingis over I, there.
3: I think it's just Luka and Porzingis. Perf- so, yeah, I'm interested in your take on it.
5: Well, they have Tim Hardaway Jr. over there, Seth Curry. Uh, they have plenty of other guys over there who contribute. And we saw yesterday, I mean, what, 48 points from Giannis? And it still wasn't enough. Yeah,
4: that's amazing. Congratulations to the Mavericks, Drew. Yeah, follow Ski on on Twitter, at Ski Profit. Uh, One of the best NBA handicappers I know. uh, Kind of moving lines here. 22,000 Twitter followers, Ski, man. A lot of people interested in your opinion on the NBA. And kind of looking at the standings here, something I like to do, and I've heard that can be a a moneymaker in the NBA. Out the gate here, Ski, we've got some teams under 500, but covering more than 500 ATS. And one that I wanted to bring up to you, the Phoenix Suns, just sitting at 11 and 15 in the Pacific Division. But 15 and 10 ATS, is this Suns team one that's kind of riding under the radar here? Maybe the odds makers have priced a little inefficiently here, you know, making some money for their backers, but kind of uh, under 500. Would you look to bet on them going forward? And also any other teams kind of fit in that profile of uh, maybe not being priced correctly and and, and betters can make money going forward in the NBA.
5: Uh, Okay. Well, with Phoenix, I know to start the year, people didn't think that they would be that good. I was one of them. And they outperformed the market. They were covering game in and game out. And then uh, Aiden got suspended. Uh, Rubio went out. Rubio was the big deal. Once he was gone, uh, they stopped covering. They got Rubio back. And now they're playing better. They get Aiden back today. So they should be even better. And once Booker comes back... Um, I think they're definitely bet on. So they've covered, what, four, four, one and one, ATS their last six. I think once you get a healthy Devin Booker and you now have Aiden, they will be a bet on. I think Orlando getting Vucevic back is a a big difference maker. I think they'll start to be more of a bet on team. And also a little bit of the opposite, Brooklyn Nets, Uh, they've been playing really well lately. Um, most notably since Kyrie has been out. And I think he's coming back soon. So maybe you want to take advantage before he comes back because we're not sure if that will continue. Hey,
3: uh, Hakeem, uh, I want to talk about the Knicks and Hawks game tonight. I mean, both teams 6-21 and 21 straight up. But the Knicks are actually 14-13 and 13 against the spread. They've played much better under Mike Miller. They're favored by two points tonight. I'm looking at FanDuel Sportsbook for that uh, point spread. Would it be wise to take the Knicks laying the two points tonight? Against the Hawks?
5: Um, well, I could look no other way than taking the Knicks. Uh, when we look at the Hawks, uh, they're five and nine as a road dog. They're I mean they're two and four against the number of their last six. They're not really playing well. They do get some guys uh, in the lineup and now stand Kevin Wereter, Jabari Parker's playing. But like you said, since Fisdale's been out, since Mike Miller's been in, it's looked like a different New York Knicks team. They were getting blown out game in and game out, and now I mean, they're 4-1 against the spread. Their last five, they're 2-1 straight up their last three games. Um, Granted, those are versus lesser teams, but they played the Pacers tough. They lost by one. They played the Nuggets tough, lost by six. I trust the Knicks the way they're playing right now more than I trust the Hawks. Last five game stats, offensive rating, defensive rating, uh, rebound percentage, all advantage to New York Knicks. So I'll be taking the home team.
3: All right, me too. Um, I'm with you. All right, let's go Knicks. Drew?
4: And we got Hakeem Profit from wagertalk.com on Twitter at Ski Profit. Good follow there on Twitter. Got to ask you about your L.A. Lakers here, Ski Profit. What huge winning streak overall, but have dropped the last two ATS at Miami and at Atlanta. They're on the road again at Indiana tonight. Minus four, kind of a short number here. Got any interest in the Lakers
5: and Pacers tonight? You know, this one is a bit tricky to me. I know the Lakers haven't been playing so well they've been. Maybe uninterested, but Frank Vogel kind of got his team's attention. And when I first look at this game here, I have to say it it kind of—I had to look towards the Pacers side. They're eight and four against the spread. Their last twelve, they have been playing a lot better at the house than they do on the road. But then I look again when they play superior teams. Like sixty percent win teams are greater. Last five at the house, they're zero and five against the number. Looking at the Lakers, uh, they're six and three for fifty-five percent win teams are greater. 8-2 against the spread as a five-point favorite or less. And the one thing, I mean, if there's anybody who's going to try to give you an angle on the Lakers, it's going to be me. You see my guys back here and my hoodie. But 14 straight road wins. Um, I know they play the Bucs. It's a bad spot because they could look ahead to the Bucs. But I think they want to break that record or tie it at least. All they have to do is beat the Pacers here. They've won 14 straight on the road. Um, The only thing is if Anthony Davis will play. If he doesn't, I honestly still think the Lakers will win, so that's what holds me off of the Pacers here.
3: Hey, Akeem, I, I want to talk about a future, the NBA Rookie of the Year. Uh, Morant's the heavy favorite right now to win NBA Rookie of the Year. Is there um, someone you could make the case for as far as a dark horse? I mean, Zion, and I'm looking at FanDuel Sportsbook, plus uh, it's 4-1. He hasn't played yet this season. Don't know if that's a smart play. R.J. Barrett's third at 5-1. to one. Is there someone that you could make the case for winning Rookie of the Year as a dark horse right now?
5: I definitely would not be putting money on Zion. Um, I know he's he was expected out of the gate, but the Pelicans have looked terrible. Gentry, I think, is a bad coach. I don't <laughs> think they even want to play uh, Zion. I think they're content yeah. just letting him sit on the shelf. So I wouldn't play him. I wouldn't look R.J. Barrett's way either. I mean, I think it's pretty locked up. I think yeah. it's Morant, honestly.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I I'm trying to make the the case. Kendrick Nunn, they have him no. listed here, twelfth to one, I, not over Morant. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Hero, no. I mean, I can't even come up with anyone to to. It's it's really it's a slam dunk because RJ Barrett struggling and shooting the ball from the field, and the Knicks stink, and it looks like Morant's going to be, be a winner. Oh, interesting take there.
4: Yeah, interesting yeah. there, Ski. Mid December, maybe locking it up uh, already, Morant. <laughs> that, that's uh, that's taking a stand there, Ski. Like it, man. Hey, want to bring up uh, Orlando Magic? Something that me and you have talked about off camera before. Um, at Utah and at Denver, their next two games. First off, starting tonight at the Jazz. So we got two high altitudes back to back on the road. Do you have these circled as fade away on the on the Orlando Magic tonight and tomorrow night?
5: Um, tonight I. Don't want to fade the magic. I actually like the magic. And the reason being, I mean, like I said, they got Bucevic back. They're 5-2 against the spread, their last seven games. They're six and four as a road dog. Um, Utah, the, this is the main thing. It's a play against Utah. Um, okay. they're two and five against the number of their last seven. They they win these games versus lesser competition, but I mean, they haven't beaten anybody. Their last quality win was November. Eighth, that's over a month ago versus the Bucks, They beat up on all of the lesser teams. They get blown out by competition. In this game, I mean, it's not necessarily a greater team, but I think Orlando's undervalued. I think they're better now that they have Vucevic, and I don't think Utah should be laying six and a half points because they don't do anything versus anybody good. They're four and eight as a home favorite. Oh, and two versus mediocre teams, Forty five and between 45 and 55% win teams. Matt uh, Jazz cannot be laying. And then tomorrow... The Nuggets, it's an opposite. Uh, Coach Malone kind of laid into them the other day and said that they had to get right after they went on their long, what, four-game road trip. Now they had, I think, uh, they have a five-game homestand. And I said that the Nuggets were play on on this trip. And so far, they're 2-1 and one against the number. I think the Nuggets will take advantage of the Magic on the back-to-back tomorrow. But I think the Magic get the money tonight.
3: Hakeem, last one for me. Uh, speaking of NBA futures, how about the MVP race? Right now, Giannis is the favorite. Harden second at uh, plus four sixty. Doncic plus four sixty as well. James six to one. Anthony Davis plus seven fifty. I mean, that looks like a money that is enticing. I mean, that that might look like a, a play right now. Well, how about yourself? Where do you rank Anthony Davis as far as the NBA, MV, uh, MVP race? And do you see any money to be made in the futures market in the NBA right now?
5: Well, I'll say out of all of those guys, there, Anthony Davis is the most appealing. I think he's the one who can even have a case for de- defensive player of the year. So, I mean, he's affecting both sides of the ball. The Lakers are winning. Um, he's doing more than LeBron, in my opinion. James Harden, yeah, he's great, but he doesn't play much defense at all. So I think Anthony Davis is the best value. Um, Luka is also a good look. He's been doing amazing things. But uh, I think the way that the Lakers are performing and just the case for Anthony Davis on defense as well as offense, I think that makes him the best play. 30.
4: He's a keen profit at ski profit on Twitter from wager talk.com ski. Uh, I don't think we have enough time for, uh, for, for another question here, but anything else you want to throw out before we shut this down?
5: Sure. I'll share a uh, way for you guys to make some money. Pelicans have been extremely bad uh, overall in games and first half two and 10 first half against the spread. We're going to rock with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, they're the best first half team against the spread. So the Nets, if you like money on the first half,
4: That's from Ski Profit. Thanks, bud. Best of luck, man.
2: Want to light the
3: lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections from NHL DFS line combinations and build stacks for tournaments in the DailyRoto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you're playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you're doing it all wrong. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires like Drew Dinkmeyer are made. And welcome back into At The Window on the SportsGrid TV network. Want the edge? Get on the grid, Sports Grid. And I uh, want to just uh, mention real quick, uh, Garrett Cole's press conference tomorrow 11 a.m. Eastern, he will be introduced to the New York Yankee Nation. And Drew, you wanted to know if he will shave and cut his hair. We will get that answer tomorrow at the press conference.
4: Well, you give a guy 300-plus million, I, I would think that he's going to shave at least uh, for the first year or two, Sean. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 my money is on, on him doing all the rules correctly, at least in the beginning. But, um, no, it's a fascinating subject in terms of the uh, shaving on the Yankees. I, I just can't believe you, they, they, they can get 20-year-old, 30-year-old millionaires to all get in a yeah. room and everybody follow that rule. I don't know, man. I, I just think that there's something be, behind the scenes that isn't really getting out there, you know? what I mean
3: I guess so I Patrick our video producer today drew big Yankee fan you know we, there's a lot of big Yankee fans down there i don't I don't rank Yankee fans they're all big Yankee fans down there in the <laughs> pit. you know like I hate when people do that so he's one of yeah. many Yankee fans here but he, he's a he's gonna be watching tomorrow at 11 a.m I'm sure he will uh big time fan and and we'll see uh if he Patrick is Patrick able to uh jump on real quick Danny I'm here. Patrick, all right, do you have an answer for Drew Morton right there? Drew, if you want to state your question once again for for Patrick. I, I, he might have a better answer than I than All I right,
4: Patrick, yeah. Uh one of the top Yankee fans out there, man. That's a <laughs> uh, a good slogan to have there for you, Patrick. But um overall, man, I just think, you know, now, you know, coming up to 2020 and you're asking a locker room full of 20 something and 30 something year old millionaires all wearing the Yankee pinstripes, and you're going to tell them to cut their hair and shave. You got to know that some guys don't want to do that. They want to do whatever, you know, like just look around baseball clubs. They like to be unshaven at times and grow their hair long. (laughs) Is there there anything behind the scenes that you've noticed with guys not being happy with that and maybe looking to revolt here in the future?
1: Uh, Not really. I mean, they're all on the team voluntarily, so... If they don't like it, they would have just not signed with the team to begin with. I mean, this has been part of the Yankees since George Steinbrenner first bought the team. So it's not like they go in not knowing they have to shave and cut their hair. So if they don't like it, then they can just go and sign with a different team, plain and simple.
4: (laughs) Yeah, good. No, it's a, it's a good point, and 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 I get that coming in. But you know, when a guy's been there, you know, seven eight years, I, I guess there's been no rumblings whatsoever that you've heard of that that would say that you know a, a portion of the locker room isn't happy with that rule. So maybe I'm I'm just wrong.
3: <laughs> He's fascinated by this, Patrick. He's fascinated. Drew's fascinated by this. I
1: mean, yeah, there's been no issues recently. No. I mean, during the Bronx Zoo era with you know Reggie. Uh, goose and all of those guys there might have been some issues when george first bought the team but since it's become more established and part of you know the quote-unquote yankee way everyone's just kind of accepted it and moved on because like i said they're all there because they want to be there
3: they want to win that's Thanks. why
1: exactly yeah
3: thank you patrick yeah hopefully that that's a satisfactory answer for you drew
1: Absolutely. And,
4: yeah. and and that's the argument against it that, hey, they signed the contract knowing it and uh, you follow the rules it, as long as you know it up front. You know, it's human nature, Sean. Yeah. We, we're OK with things when we know it up front. But as soon as things change and now, oh, you sign this contract and you're adding these rules, that's where the problems come in really in anything in life. And, and I think that, that that's the case here with the Yankees. I, they I all knew it going in. If
3: there was someone who could probably challenge that rule, Gary Cole probably could have. Before he signed the deal, he could have negotiated it in. Like, hey, listen, I wanna when I pitch every fifth day, I want my beard. You know, he he had that much leverage with the Yankees this time around. He could have, but I don't really think it's that important to these guys, though. They they want to win, and the money speaks for itself, right? Three hundred million, you're not turning that down. And for a lot of guys, they they make a lot of money on the Yankees, and. And, and that's, that's uh, they'll accept it. You know, Giambi accepted it, which surprised me, but that was back in the early 2000s. I mean, he had a really cool look. We, we talked about this when he played for the Oakland Athletics. You know, he had all these tattoos, and he's, of course he kept the tattoos, but long hair, you know, like he looked menacing. Went to the Yankees, and he was like a clean-cut choir boy.
4: Did, did he play as well for the Yankees? Because yeah, I sometimes I mean, think with guys like that, it actually helps him. Like I Randy, do too. The, the Randy I, Johnson yeah, right. with that hair and yep. the lefty. Like I think it actually helped his arsenal. You like, know what I mean?
3: What was that nut 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 dude uh, that played for the Giants? The closer that uh, he looked menacing too. He was like crazy. Brian
4: oh, Wilson, right? Wilson. Yeah, yeah, that Wilson. guy. Yeah, yeah, Rod yeah. back back in the day as well. Right. Those guys with the hair flying everywhere. I think it actually helps him. Yeah,
3: no, Giambi played well his first year. Uh, if you look back at his numbers, I mean, he struggled in the first month, but his 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 numbers were on par uh, his first year with the Yankees. But after that, it was the steroid stuff, right? He struggled. Uh, he wouldn't admit to steroids. He was, was going through a lot of, uh, you know, stress and what have you. But he did hit home runs. It's just his average wasn't as high as it was in Oakland. But uh, he did. He produced. I mean, he hit home runs. He had two home runs against Pedro in a playoff game that people forget. I mean, he, he had a he had a good career as a Yankee. Was not up to the standards that he set in Oakland, and so maybe people look back and they're disappointing, but I'm not. I think he had a, a you know, a, a better than people remember, right, career with the Yankees. But uh, I want to get to Cole Anthony. All right, it, this came out before we came on. Cole Anthony out four to six weeks. The freshman for the uh, North Carolina Tar heels. Greg Anthony's son, right, Projected first round pick, if not top 10 pick. That team is struggling. Right, Drew? That team, UNC, they are struggling. Probably one of the worst teams Roy Williams had there in uh, Chapel Hill. So, here's the question to you. We talked about Zion Williamson. When he was injured last year, should he come back and play? He came back ultimately and played, right? Should Cole Anthony come back and play for this North Carolina Tar Heel team or just go pro and, and just, you know, train for the NBA next season?
4: Um, I, I think if he's a hundred percent and he's not going to hurt his career, he should come back. And, and part of the reason I'm saying this, Sean, is he didn't look all that UNC didn't look all that great. So I don't know if he did a lot to help himself this year. Yeah. I don't think he has
3: a surrounding cast as you point out. I don't think he's going to look any better. Like, you know what I mean? This team stinks and can he do more harm? He certainly can with, with injury. He could risk injury Shouldn't he just pack it in and just go pro at this point? Why, why come back? You know, we we debated that with Zion. The, the difference Zion was the clear cut number one overall pick, whereas Cole Anthony can improve his stock more, right? So maybe that's the argument against it. But the injury risk is
4: there. Sure, that that's why I would I, I, I would if if he was it's my not a friend, final four I... team. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but but I, I just don't think he did a lot to help himself. You know, if he just would have maybe not played and gotten played over in Europe or, or just not played at all, yeah. I think he would have actually done better in the NBA draft seeing him play in college. Like you say, he didn't have a good surrounding cast. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. It's not great. But at the same time, he didn't, like, take over his team. When you start talking the sport of basketball, man, part of it is you're the best player. Go get the ball and go dominate. And yeah. I, I didn't see that from him. So I, if I'm an NBA GM, not that I'm not going to pick him at all, but I'm definitely going to pump the brakes on that and, and think, whoa, man, do I want to spend my you know, my only first-round draft pick on this guy? I just might go on to the next one. You know what I mean, Sean?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's interesting to me because it was such a big topic of conversation with Zion when he was injured last year. And with Cole Anthony, uh, a high, highly re- regarded prospect, no one's even talking about it. Now, that could be me not paying attention to first take like I used to because I worked during those hours. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know what Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman are spitting out like I used to and then and, and Skip Bayless and, and Shannon Sharp, right, on Fox Sports 1, right, because they like to stir the pot. Um, so maybe this will be a, co- a conversation coming up in, in, in the coming days. Go ahead, Drew.
4: <laughs> yeah, Sean, I got a follow-up question to that on first take. Is <laughs> yeah. it true that Stephen A. Smith made $8 million last year? Uh,
3: Probably I, I don't I don't know but he's he's yeah I mean the, the reports that I read yeah he's he's making that much money I, I think that might wow. be a low that may be a low estimate I mean I think he makes more than that he makes make ten <laughs> to fifteen million that's he, crazy you know man. he's one of the nicest guys like people who have worked with him that I know say he's one of the nicest guys they've ever met in their life.
4: Oh, I believe that. I mean, I, I've seen it all the time with guys on air personalities yeah. and in confrontation. To tell you the truth, it's good content. Whenever you yeah. get into a kind of a confrontation on, on TV and then just kind of turning off the switch, guys are able to do that. I believe that.
3: We're a Skip Bayless, I, I don't know. I guess we could bring up the, the report with Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman, I hate him, supposedly, because of something he wrote in his book about Troy Aikman. That's not true. And so I guess Skip isn't as highly regarded off the air as much as Stephen A Smith is. So I guess to kind of compare the two. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're, yeah. like his on-air persona is nothing like his off-air persona. So so what I hear. So for those of you out there, but uh if you kick if you miss the field goal on third down, just kick it again on fourth down. Do you remember he said that? He said that. I, I
4: I I do remember that. I also remember him saying what Dwayne Haskins like more of a running yeah. threat one time, and it's like, dude, you couldn't have watched one Ohio State. And, game and then he talked about like, that.
3: yeah, yeah, Hunter Henry, like who was on IR for the year. He was, he was he's going to be a tough matchup in this in this game, and he was on IR for the, like the last ten weeks. And, and it, yeah, I mean, we we all make mistakes, but those are pretty bad. I mean, they just overworked the guy. But I don't want to stick up for Stephen A. Smith or even talk more about him. But uh, speaking of college bowl games, uh, look look at the card, right? Outside of the semifinal games, what are you looking at here as uh, bowl season gets started on Friday?
4: Yeah, absolutely, Sean. I mean, we, we got a couple days to talk about it so we don't have to go fast, fast fire here. But it's rapidly approaching. I mean, they're starting on Friday. Um, one, I'm excited for this time of year, man. I know you are yeah. as well. Any sports better really is because these, these games, you know, on a Tuesday night, singled out uh, bowl game. Some people think there's too many. I, I like it, man. It's great for sports betters. But, um, right off the bat here on Saturday, did want to bring up a game Liberty and Georgia Southern, this one in Orlando, not sure if it's the cure bowl. They're changing the, uh, the venue to the soccer stadium there in Orlando, but, um, two teams, you know, vastly different offensive Styles here sean and i'm talking uh 209 210 the rotation number 230 eastern kick 57 and a half being the total georgia southern from the sunbelt minus four and a half favorites in this one liberty gonna throw it all around the yard under hugh freeze buckshot calvert their quarterback and georgia southern runs the triple option so vastly different offensive styles here but i'm going at this just because when you look at the liberty Flames, sean i don't know if you could come up with an easier schedule in terms of their best win is a mac team in buffalo a solid team Mm. overall but still when that's your best win to get into bowl season this is one of the weakest resumes i've ever seen in a bowl team i mean their wins sean are New Mexico state twice. Yes, you heard that right. They played New Mexico <laughs> state twice. They also beat UMass, arguably the worst team in the country. They beat Maine, an FCS team. They beat New Mexico who quit on the season 2 years ago under Bob Davie, and they beat Hampton, another wow. FCS team. So, they they really haven't beaten anybody. And Georgia Southern beat App State. Now, granted it was weather induced, but still, Georgia Southern throughout the Sun Belt has played the top teams tough. They have got and run over at times I mean they did play LSU and lost 55 to 3 but I don't go too much off of that man I think Georgia Southern they rotate 8-10 guys on the defensive line that can stop Liberty's pass attack I think Georgia Southern at the minus 4.5 is short that's what I like on love Saturday
3: it. Oh, I love that pick there great breakdown from Drew Martin well, we'll talk more tomorrow about these bowl games we gotta get into it as it's rapidly approaching. That'll be next uh, on At the Window, though. uh, Next segment, best bet time and eh, I guess maybe one other bowl game I want to get his thoughts on, SMU-Florida Atlantic. Not a sexy matchup, but we'll see what Drew says next.
2: Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit Lisa.com slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart.
3: Wrapping things up here on At the Window on the Sports Grid TV Network. Up next, game time decisions with Gabe and Cam. They come your way at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard time, taking you all the way up to 7 p.m. They'll have their best bets as well, so stay tuned for that. But let's do best bet time here, Drew, and it's easy for me. It's the Knicks. You heard your boy, Skeet Profit, Hakeem Profit there, Wager Talk. He was just on with us. How could you go any other way but the Knicks laying the two points against the Hawks? Yeah, they stink. They're 6-21 straight up, but 14-13, ATS, the Knicks are, and playing much better under Mike Miller. So give me the Knicks laying the two points. Drew, where are you going?
4: Yeah, good stuff, Sean, there on the Knicks. And yeah, Ski Profit, at Ski Profit on Twitter, Tuesdays in the third segment going forward uh, with NBA action there. Um, I'm going to go to college basketball tonight, man. We got Miami versus Temple. Um, This one, kind of a semi-home game, I guess you could say, for Temple here. It's at the Barclays Center. Um, When looking at Miami, number 19 in offensive efficiency, they can really put the ball in the bucket, but they're only shooting 67% from the free throw line. And the fact, neutral site games... They're not shooting the ball as well from three-point land. And uh, overall, when they're at home or in another ACC stadium, they're number 21 in three-point percentage. So neutral court here. I've seen some college teams struggle when playing on the NBA arenas, um, playing in the NBA arenas. And I think we can take advantage of that here, kind of fading the hurricane. So I think the Temple Owls minus the two and a half, they're a top 30 team in tempo. They do kind of struggle from the free throw line. So not going too, too heavy here. They've had a week off though. so. They should be pretty well-rested. And just a short number, minus two and a half, I think the Temple Owls are worth a small bet here.
3: All right, great stuff, Drew Martin. Uh, one uh, final thought I, I want to uh, ask you. SMU-Florida Atlantic bowl game coming up on Saturday. Three and a half point favorites, the Mustangs. We only have 30 seconds. We'll get more into it tomorrow. But your uh, gut reaction to this, who do you like with Shane Bouchelle uh, at quarterback for SMU and Linkiff, and now at Ole Miss for Florida Atlantic? 30
4: seconds. Yeah. Yeah, this is one that uh, weather could be an issue, so keep that in mind down there in South Florida. But overall, I don't think Lane Kiffin leaving hurts them too much. I would look towards the Owls. We'll break it a little bit more down tomorrow, but I think they could all see it going. So um, all right. I, I don't think it hurts FAU that much, Sean.
3: All right, thanks to Ski Profit for joining us on the show, breaking down the NBA. Drew, best of best of luck tonight, man. You too, Sean. Talk tomorrow, bud. All right, we're back tomorrow. Kim, up next with his update, Game Time Decisions on the Sports Grid TV Network.